you strong, beautiful women out there, and welcome to my podcast, A Woman's Success. This podcast has been developed with single mothers and women in mind to help them through these challenging times. My name is Wynne. I am a mother, a nurse, and I also have a degree in Christian counseling. I have always wanted to create a forum where you can be free and open to have discussion and to hear from other women who may be facing challenges. It could be struggling mentally, emotionally, or physically. Having seen firsthand and knowing how devastated it can be for some single mothers, this platform will allow you the opportunity to participate in this uplifting, encouraging, and enlightening experience where you will be hearing success stories, struggles, and how women overcame them. I look forward to hearing from you. And if you're here for the first time, please feel free to subscribe so you can follow us on this awesome journey. Okay, so welcome back to Linda, one of my prior guests, as I indicated before. And we're going to get down to some serious questions and see how she has been able to work on improving some of those difficulties and struggles that she's had and how she's utilized what she's learned um, during those times. So Linda, welcome back. Thank you. So one of the many questions that I have, first of all, is about the marriage and the divorce, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm going back to that is because as young, as little girls, as little girls growing up, I know I had an idea of what I wanted my marriage to be like and what I wanted that part of my life to be when I got married, what kind of house I wanted, that kind of stuff. So as a young girl growing up, did you have any of those expectations and if you did have any of those expectations when you went through the divorce the first one and then especially the second one which was a little bit more difficult how did that affect your self-esteem and your emotional well-being looking back and knowing that as a young girl you may have had certain idealistic expectations you want to expand on that a little bit um well when i was younger at the time i really i wasn't like your typical little girl with those type of dreams or whatever i was a daddy's little girl slash boy so i was a rough one slash um, boy she said <laughs> yeah i wasn't the barbie doll dollhouse type of thing i'm like give me i was building forts and stuff like that with my dad and driving, riding trucks and stuff like that, motorcycles, stuff like that. But as I got into my teenage years and I started, you know, seeing how, you know, people, families or whatever with kids and always, and then how I see how troubled kids and like working in the hospital with kids that were placed there that the families didn't want anymore. That's when I started saying, you know, I wouldn't do that to my kids or I want to have kids or whatever. And, but when I do have my kid, I want to be married. 
you know, I want to have that secure relationship. Um, I didn't want to be a single mom. So when I got with my first husband at 18, which was just a escape goat from taking care of my dad relationship, he had a daughter that was 10 months old. So I took her in as my daughter and raised her and, you know, did her hair and started taking her, get her nails done and all the way up until age four. Okay. And then we got divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, then when my, I met my son's dad, he already had two children as well, a son and a daughter. Um, and they were very young, you know, by two different women, but they were young. So I, when they came over, I accepted them as my child and did things. So um, when I had mine, when I found I was pregnant with my first one, that's when, and I wasn't married yet, but we were engaged. I pushed the marriage up because that was my dream. When I had my child, I wanted to be married. So I had my first in October and we got married November. Okay. So with having that dream, pushing up the marriage and getting married because you wanted to be married when you had to be a first child and seeing um, afterwards that it didn't work, did that affect your self-esteem, do you think? Yeah, it did because um, I felt... I started to feel like a failure, like I should have did more to keep the relationship or, you know, because I didn't want to be a single mom. I didn't want my kids to have parents in different households. So it did lower my self-esteem. I I did shut down um, for a while, Um, you know, and and it started to affect the kids. But then after I went to, you know, started going to counseling and talking I finally realized that I was hurting them even more staying in a relationship that wasn't healthy compared to the kids being with me Uh and showing them a healthy way and just explaining to them that sometimes things doesn't work and that you don't stay in a relationship where there's abuse of any kind um, that you can do it on your own. So that's what I've been trying to show them since I've had them been by myself with them since age two, three and even even younger than that, because I was pregnant with my second son when I separated from their dad. So, so I've been doing this since then. Really, really, that's really awesome because a lot of women don't always realize that staying in a relationship for the kids is mm-hmm. not necessarily the right thing to do because. Mm-hmm whether they feel that they're not able to do it on their own or they stay in it for the financial assistance or for the emotional support or whatever the case may be, a lot of times they make the decisions to stay in the relationship and that doesn't help the kids at all. So for Mm -hmm. you to come to that realization so um, soon after all Mm -hmm. of the other things started and you felt that stepping away from it was better for your kids than staying in in the relationship, that's an awesome, awesome decision that you made right there. And that in turn really helps the kids to understand that um, you don't have to put up with all these Mm -hmm. negative things going on in their lives because that can really hurt them mentally and emotionally when they stay in those relationships. So that that was great. And that was a good lesson for the boys. Yes. Right, Mm -hmm. who's now what, 12 and 13? 14 and 15. 14 and 15. Jeez, I have them a little Mm -hmm. bit younger than they are. So (laughs) 
that was a good lesson that you taught them. So just wanted to tap back a little bit on your dad. Now you were always a daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. So with you going through the struggles that you were going through with these relationships, how do you think that affected your dad or, or, or his, you know, what his goals were for you? How do you think that he was affected by that or, um, you know, Oh, he was really affected um, from the first marriage. Um, and, and, and like they say, listen to your parents. They've been here before. He told me each one was not the right one for me. Mm -hmm. um, and by him being in the wheelchair and can't come to my defense or come to my you know rescue, that really, really bothered him. Mm -hmm. um, my first marriage, he wasn't physically abusive, but he was... Um, emotionally abusive and you know with the cheating and all that stuff so every time it would happen i would run back home my dad would see me crying and everything so he would you know just try to encourage me and tell me i don't need that i don't have to go back you know but me trying to um take my vows seriously you know i kept giving them chances after chance um but then finally, after maybe, well, the, the string that broke the cow's back for the first one is when um, I caught the girl, one of the girls coming out my house. Right. Um, so then I moved back home. So my dad was happy that I was back home and up under him and everything. But then that's when I met my kid's father. And he didn't see about the abuse or anything like that at first because I didn't even see it. We were dating. Everything was fine. Right. I didn't see the red flags or anything. Or if I did see it, I was blinded to it. Mm -hmm. um, but once he started seeing me coming home with bruises and, you know, crying or my sisters having to go and get me or whatever, mm -hmm. he, he was like, boy, these guys, they better be lucky I'm in this chair. Right. Um, but then, you know, he would say, all I got to do is make a phone call or mm -hmm. this and that mm -hmm. or whatever. So I know it bothered him. And then oh. that's why after the kids came in the picture and I seen how close he was to my kids, mm -hmm. I just couldn't hurt my kids anymore. And I couldn't hurt my dad anymore. Right. Um, and, and he right. just kept saying, Linda, you don't deserve it. You don't. A man does not supposed to put you through what he's putting you through. I, I, you know, I was there for your, you know, mom, I support. And I seen how my dad, my dad, when he was mm -hmm. walking, he went to work every day. He cooked, he cleaned, he took care wow. of his family. That's so, mm -hmm. yeah. So to see him sitting in the chair and see me going through that, you know, right. finally I had to say, I'm done. So he I'm couldn't done. come to your, he couldn't come to your defense in a physical way because the mm -mm. wheelchair held him back, but in an emotional way, he was supporting you. He was encouraging you to get mm -hmm. out. He was, he was trying to boost your, your self-esteem and by letting you know that you're not deserving of that, you deserve better. So in mm -hmm. his way, in his little way, he helped the best he could, could. Mm -hmm. um, um, because he was in the wheelchair, but emotionally he was that support that you needed to make you make that step. Finally, yes. so you know what, this is it. I've had enough. Yep. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So that, 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 that's awesome. And that's another thing too, that is an example for the boys because they can, they can learn from that and to see that, especially if he, if they heard your dad say anything to you about it, that that's not the way that you can treat 
that you should. Oh, my dad talked to them about treating women all the time. Like he taught them to open doors for women and Mm -hmm. don't put your hands on women and everything. And and to this day, they still, they they do that. They'll come in and open the door for me or they'll take a bag from me if I'm walking up or something like that. So they, he instilled a lot of good, good things in them before he, you know, left us. I guess that's why they they feel like they're your protectors. Protectors. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad told them to protect your mom. Right, 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 right. You know, that's still a lot on that's still a lot on young kids' shoulders. Yeah. Um, you mm-hmm. know, still- I be telling them, let me breathe a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they're still young kids and that's a lot mm-hmm. on their shoulders. They want mommy to be safe and to be okay. So mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you're trying to put in place to help them to be boys, to be just be themselves, to, to, to get out there and enjoy and not always be mommy's protectors? Because as you know, we as women, right? We, mm-hmm. we're women, so we can take care of little girls. You don't have any little girls. I had a little girl, but... Um, what are you doing to help these little boys that want to be your protectors? What are you doing to help them now find their, their personal space so that they can act, find that time that they need for them and not always be mommy's protectors? Well, I mean, now that they're older, well, when they were little younger and stuff, I mean, all I can do is like go out, play basketball with them, throw about, find out the things that they want to do. Um, and then as they got older, I started letting them, you know, venture out a little bit without me, like to the movies, I would drop them off with their friends, even though they didn't know I was sitting in the back row, but they see my car pull off and that's their time, you know, and they think mommy went out or mommy went whatever, but mommy just went and parked in the back of the parking lot and snuck in the side door and sitting in the back thing. So or mama, like, still, mama Bear was still watching over mama them. Mama was still watching, but they think that mommy's out doing her and that that's their, their time. So they didn't yeah. have to be protecting me. Skating right. ring. I would drop them off to the skating ring, let them get their skates, go skate. And then the DJ booth guy would let me come and sneak up in the DJ booth and watch him from the DJ booth. Mm-hmm. So that was their time to know, okay, we don't have to watch over mommy. Mommy's out being mommy. Let's have fun as kids. You know, so that's what I, I try to do. I try to, you know, but now that we moved here, they have to meet friends and everything. It's a little harder, mm-hmm. but still like, so they're still, they're, they're starting over again. Like if I'm late coming from work, they'll text me, you okay? You still at work, you know? And then when I say I'm on my way, they waiting at the door or at the step or something to open the door for me. So, but I, I tried, all I can do is, you know, be me and, like I said, play ball with them, do boyish stuff with them to a certain extent, you know, just so they could be a kid. So, so let's get back to, 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 to that again. I mean, again, like I, I feel sometimes that even though we're moms and we can wear several hats, we're still not the male figure in their lives that mm-hmm. they need. Right? They need. Mm-hmm. So you're now in a different part of the country from where you were. And mm-hmm. so you now have to, they don't have the friends, the friends base that they had when they were here and you're trying to do boys things with them, get them out and that kind of stuff. But have you thought or have you looked into maybe finding group, a group or a mentor or something like that? I mean, I know you're doing mm-hmm. with them, but have you thought about 
maybe finding somebody that they might be open to having discussion with or to talk to do you think yeah that be yeah good? i just tried to look that? into like the big brother the big mm -hmm. brother program stuff but with this covid every people are not doing that stuff right now so that's that's hindering <laughs> yeah so they that's hindering a lot of stuff so that all those type of programs they're non-existent right now so all i can do is like the people that i meet if they have kids you know i bring my kids and let them try to interact with them or some of their husbands is try to interact like before this COVID shut down some of the husbands in the apartment complex they go fishing they wanted to take the boys fishing and everything mm -hmm. but this COVID situation this pandemic has really threw a wrench into everything so that makes me sometimes be wanting to just come back there mm -hmm. you know where their so-called friends is but then at the same time when you sit back and think about it and I talk to my boys those so-called friends that y'all call there really wasn't your friends they were just around when it's beneficial to them right. you know and like when they all went out they didn't invite you guys to stuff like that so now you need to make different friends or whatever and just how i had to make friends in jersey and the bahamas or whatever you make friends wherever you go right. you know so yeah i can't be the male figure but any male that I come across and they know I got teenage boys, they have been trying to um, interact and do things with them or, you know, well, but at the same time, I'm very protective too. Mm -hmm. So I'm not far away when that oh, happens. Oh yeah, because you can't just <laughs> open them up. You can't just open them to open them up to just anyone. Anybody. Yep. You're, you're also new in the area. Mm -hmm. So you have to get to know these people or it has to be a reputable group that mm -hmm. Um, you can, you know, investigate and see how they've been doing, or maybe somebody has used them before or something, and then mm -hmm. you feel more comfortable to use them. So absolutely, you still have to be protector of them. Um, you can't just like any man that walks into the picture, you know, mm -hmm. yep. time with them. You got to get to know that person. But at least you, you have looked into it. Uh, unfortunately, with this COVID, it's affecting everybody and everything yeah. that you and to do how long that's going to be i don't know but it's great that you're not looking to just give up mm -hmm. where you are because things are difficult and come back um mm -hmm. you're you're going to hold on and mm -hmm. see where you can take it once this whole covid thing is over okay. mm -hmm. and and hopefully some of the things that you have in place you will be able to well you have in place before covid COVID. Mm -hmm. you'll be able to pick up you know, like that, the Big Brother program and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Hopefully, be able to pick that back up, right? And yes, that will be able to help them. So that's that's a good thing. That's that's great. So at least you have things in place that the boys can reach out when when things change and become more available, where they can ask a man if they have to. You know, mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't always want to go to our parents either. You parents know, parents and that, yeah. Uh -huh. so sometimes you kind of want to, if you're close to some, if you get close to someone else, you kind of want to talk to someone other than mom. You know, mm -hmm. it might be about 
um, girls or the, yeah you know and you know do i really want to ask mom about this meal this way that i'm feeling mm -hmm. you know? so it's mm -hmm. always good to have something like that in place so that was the reason behind my question and it's really good to know that you've you've touched you you've reached out to the big brother program you've thought about mentoring um having uh, mentoring and for now with covid you're trying to do the best you can with them until you're able to get those get them out to those programs all right so um we will speak again later and uh we look forward to talking to you again soon okay okay so ladies this strong young woman was able to find the strength that was needed to walk away from her second marriage in order to be an example to her boys to teach them the right way to treat a relationship and the wrong way to treat a relationship. She also has been able to reach out to groups to help them along the way, such as the Big Brother program. And for young girls, there is the Big Sister program. And she also has been able to make friends and those young men are willing to be mentors to her sons where they can spend time with them, encouraging them, and maybe doing some outdoor activities. We also want to point out that with her self-esteem issues, she reached out to a therapist, a professional therapist, who helped her along the way, along with encouragement from loved ones around her. And finally, she mentioned listening to your loved ones when you are in bad relationships or situations because sometimes they're able to see things that you're not because you're so close to what's going on. I hope that these points are able to help some young lady that might be going through some of these difficult situations. And I look forward to hearing from you. So please invite your family and your friends and encourage them to listen in. So until then, this is when, and I'll see you then. Bye-bye.